360 Biz on cliffcentral.com. Unscripted, uncensored, unradio, cliffcentral.com. This is where we are to welcome to another exciting installment of 360 Biz. My name is Debo Homafodi, your host. Um, more than anything, it's, it's just so, so, so hot outside. Um, it's actually this drought that uh, people have been complaining, um, that we're suffering and it's worse that, um, specifically in Gauteng, we're not having rain and it doesn't look like we're going to be having rain for the longest time, uh, to have. And it's actually one of the interests that I really, I want us to discuss today on the show. It's an actually an interesting industry, the agriculture and the farming sector. The agriculture sector is crucial to our socio-economic development. However, it contributes to the GDP and has fallen over the years. It also has a sector of interest in helping the cap the unemployment problem we face in South Africa. We are seriously considering the opportunities for enterprise development in the agricultural sector. It goes without saying that farming is key to providing food security for our country as well as the continent. So when reports of drought cycle and the evidence of lack of rain hits us, it's normal for us, for all of us uh, to be concerned. And today we'll be discussing these key issues and we'll be hopefully uh, getting answers from the experts and some uh, degree of comfort from two experts in the agricultural sector. And more than anything, I'm going to be as well be having people that have actually been empowered um, into the agricultural sector. I know one of them, Dombi, um, has actually kind of just came back all the way from Thailand um, to actually be studying um, farming and be understanding the business as a whole. Because right now, I know it's um, currently in our country, this is something that we're definitely not big at. Um, especially being young people in business or specifically, you know what, the more black people, um, I'm fearing, um, of the industry, but I don't know whether is it because of the hard job or the hard work, um, that it actually comes through. Some of the, um, I mean, uh, um, experts that we have, um, today on the line, unfortunately, they couldn't join me in studio. It's Christo, um, Fanderriede, uh, from Agri SA, and we're going to be having, Agri Mahajana from the African Farmers Association of South Africa. Um, and in studio, I'm joined by Afia Amewe, um, a young person as well, uh, with that we're going to be discussing the issue of farming. Uh, who's going to be telling us is the young people that are getting into the space. Another person that's going to be joining us later on the show. Um, it's in Dombi, like I've already mentioned. And it's Auspuleng. Uh, these are the people that are really trying to get and influence um, the agricultural sector. Um, of the country, uh, more than anything, let me start by saying hi um, to Afia in in studio, um, then before we cross over to Christo, um, all the way in Pretoria, who couldn't join us. Afia, how are you? Um, I'm fine, thank you. And yourself? No, good, thanks, Afia. Um, do you want to first start by introducing yourself? Tell, um, tell us who you are and what is it that you do? Um, I'm a young person. Um, that lives in Africa and is all about Africa. And my name is Afia. Oh, okay. So then, Afia, I mean, we're talking, um, uh, we, 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 t- we're discussing, um, agriculture, um, and farming as, as, as a whole. Do you think is there more people, um, that are actually into the space of farming? Um, I think that a lot of people, um, probably do not understand farming mm-hmm. and, um, that's why they don't really want to get into it, especially as young people. I think farming in South Africa more especially has a branding issue because you look at farming as something that requires a lot of manual labor. And maybe as a young, educated person in South Africa, it's not really a field that you'd want to go into. You mentioned something interesting of a branding issue. Um, do you want to perhaps uh, elaborate more what you mean by a branding issue in South Africa? Well, when you think about farming, really, what do you think about? Do you think about people tilling fields or people chasing after cattle? Um, it's never really been presented in such a way where um, you think of it in a different way as a thing that you could, an industry maybe that you could get into and make money from. So now, um, is, that, is that why <laughs> we we afraid of, of, of getting into farming? Mainly because what is it? Is it is it a swag thing? Because you you realize with <laughs> with with us, I mean, young people. Obviously, we want to get into careers or into the type of businesses that you always remain dressed up, um, that you always be pushing your swag when you go into meetings. Uh, where else? Obviously, with farming or agriculture, it's a different story. That you need to be wearing a set of safety boots. Um, you need to be going to to the fields, and the sun is very hot. Um. 
Well, I wouldn't say swag per se, but I'd say basically, uh, no one, I don't really think that many people go to school and decide they want to further their education and then go into a farming space where they're going to have to spend, unless it's something you're very, very passionate about. But a lot of people, for example, move to Johannesburg to live in the city. No one wants to live on a farm. So, um, I would say it's partly that, but at the same time, when you plan your career, you also want to plan something that you feel is going to be sustainable for you. So I feel as if, if maybe opportunities were presented, and I hope some of your guests will address these things to younger people where, um, they feel as if they could go into farming and in different spaces and sectors, then maybe it's something that would appeal a little bit more. Yeah. No, no, no. You spoke of, um, quite something that is very interesting. I think maybe let us connect to, to, um, some of our guests, um, I mean, that we have. We have Christo, um, on the line. Christo, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. No, good, thanks. Um, Christo, you, you, you've heard it. Um, <laughs> I fear a young lady has already made mention, um, that, um, agriculture in the country, uh, more than anything, it has been affected or it has become of a brand thing that, um, that we don't go into it. As per se, maybe before you actually um, get to that, do you want to perhaps say hi to our listeners and tell us who you are? Good afternoon. I'm Christo van Rieden. I am the Deputy Executive Director of AgriSA. AgriSA is one of South Africa's biggest organized agricultural movements, consisting of 24 commodity organizations and also nine provincial offices. Oh, how many provincial offices? Nine. Nine. So, Christo, tell me, I mean, um, speaking of nine provincial offices, I mean, with some provinces like the Free State, um, I mean, we've got big provinces, I mean, it's the biggest province in the country, um, and I mean, we've got provinces like the Northern Cape and the Eastern Cape, of which that are big. Having nine uh, provincial offices, then it means some people need to be driving hours to get to you. Yeah, to a certain extent, but... um Within the structure, there's high levels of what we call uh, economic organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means that you find that the farmers at grassroots level will, uh, will form little farmer unions. Mm-hmm. And those farmer unions uh, will uh, be limited to a specific region or a specific district. So those farmers will interact with each other. Uh, they will network amongst each other. They will cooperate with each other. They will also very, very significantly empower each other. Okay. So what they do is they will form study groups mm-hmm. to study a specific phenomenon, whether it's a disease that affects the cattle, whether it's, for example, the drought that we have now. They will come up with strategies how to cope with a specific phenomenon that is affecting them negatively or mm. even positively, how to deal with that at grassroots level. Mm. They then select a uh, representative who will represent them at um, the provincial level. So uh, they will fund that person to drive, uh, say, from Harry Smith to um, Bloemfontein to attend meetings and then come back to report to them any significant development. And out of that group that uh, operates at a uh, provincial level, they will elect two or three people who will then uh, become part of agri-SA structures. Mm. And we focus very much on the policy level. We interact with government. For example, today and yesterday, you'll find that we're interacting with the DG of uh, DAF, we're interacting with the ministers uh, because we need to find solutions for the drought or we need to find a solution for the Goa uh, deal between South Africa and America and all kinds of other policy issues. But uh, the structures at grassroots level focus very much on the issues that affect them directly. Um, You know, not necessarily policy issues, but more the day-to-day practical stuff uh, that they need to cope with uh, to make farming a success. Is it? Um, then maybe, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's actually interesting. Um, I think if someone is listening out there and they definitely, 
um, are in the um, farming or the agricultural space and they want to join in on the discussion, our studio line is 0861-555-189, 0861-555-189. Our Twitter handle is at cliffcentral.com. We're on Facebook as well. It's Cliff Central. Our WeChat, it's Cliff Central. Um, my social media following, our Twitter handle, it's at Debohoma40. And on the line, I'm with Christo van der Vierde, um, who's from AgriSA. Uh, Christo, tell me, I'm sure a lot of people don't know and would appreciate getting to understand um, our agricultural sector better. I mean, um, you've practically explained what is AgriSA all about. Uh, but if ever, maybe obviously, there's someone that this is an industry that is new, uh, that um, is new to some people. I mean, I know as well myself, it's not really an industry that I'm much familiar with. Uh, but what is our agricultural sector made up of in South Africa? You know, uh, agriculture is the basis of everything in any society. Uh, in fact, it is the most important sector. I always say to people that you need a lawyer or a, or a doctor maybe once a year. Uh, some of us need them more because we, more, you know, we, we tend to become uh, sick quite often or we're in trouble more often. But how many times a year do you think you need a farmer? You tell me. Um, can you ask the question again, uh, Christoph? <laughs> I say how many? Uh, I said you need a lawyer once a year, but how many times a year do you need a farmer? I need a farmer 365 days because I need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's the interesting part. Exactly. Eh? And, and, exactly. and 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 I mean, you know what? In fact, you just actually put a very interesting comparison to say I only see a lawyer once a year. And, yeah. and, and, and I, I see probably an accountant once a month or once mm. a quarter. Mm. Where else a farmer, it's 365 days because you need to eat the food that we eat. Um, yes. Yeah. But now, I mean, for instance, I would, I would, I would expect that this industry, it's an industry that is very much well respected. Um, and, yeah. and taken serious. But I mean, yeah. there's, there's actually yeah. a few of yeah. us that, that, um, yeah. you know, um, yeah. that, um, are actually getting into the space. Um, I'm yeah, yeah. The, you know, the, the, the dilemma is, is that you have a worldwide trend of urbanization. Uh, I grew up on a farm, uh, and when I discovered the lights uh, and the bells and whistles of the city, I decided to stay there. Um, and you find more and more people are migrating to cities. Uh, we also uh, see very scary figures that within the next 20 years from now on, you will find about 80% of South Africa's population living, uh, living in cities. So the big question is, where will a new generation of farmers come from? Because the average age of your white farmer is already 65 and beyond. Uh, the average age of your black farmer even, is even older. I just read now about uh, the average age of black farmers is anything between 75 and 70 and 80. Um, and the big question is, we need a new breed of commercial farmers. In other words, people who can produce food at a very big scale. Mm. Yes, uh, we have what we call subsistence farmers, but remember, when you've got masses and masses or millions of people living in cities, in other words, you need then very, very big farmers who can supply those cities with cheap food, but also quality food and uh, readily available food. And, and that, for me, is the biggest challenge. So within AgriSA, we are now confronting that challenge, and we want to work with government, work with communities to create a new breed of professional farmers who can compete with the best in the world. Yeah, no, it's 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 actually, <laughs> yeah, no, what you're saying, it's true. I mean, I think it's actually a call out that you you're making out to to listeners or to whoever that is listening uh, to the show currently that we're needing a new breed uh, of farmers. We need a new generation of farmers that will be producing food because right now food security obviously is one of the things yeah. that that um, are slowly but surely um, creeping and they're going to affect us. But Chris, where would you say most of the agricultural activity concentrated in South Africa? I mean, which province is it mainly uh, coming from? I think it's very important to state the following. <clears throat> South Africa is one of the driest countries in the world. Right? South Africa is also one of the countries with the least arable land in the world. But you know, the most significant thing is, is that our farmers produce some of the best food in the world. 
South Africa is the only food-secure country on the continent of Africa. We supply food on big scale to Zimbabwe, to Mozambique, and to the rest of the African country. Yes, there are certain uh, northern African countries that, that are readily, um, that are to a certain extent food secure. But South Africa also earns a lot of uh, what we call, uh, you know, money uh, through the export of our citrus and other food to the rest of the world. So that is something very, very important that we must always remember. Uh, also, uh, South African farmers do not get subsidized like our European counterparts and American counterparts. So we need to protect our own industry. If we allow other countries just to dump their food here at a much cheaper rate, then we put our own farmers and our own farm workers out of the industry. And Most we cannot, definitely, yes. We are let the industry go the same way as the steel industry, for example, who are now suffering because of cheap Chinese imports. Mm-hmm. So where are the biggest uh, agriculture activities taking place? Remember, South Africa is a potpourri of uh, climate. Mm-hmm. In other words, in the Western Cape, in the winter rain areas, find wheat and uh, citrus fruit and your deciduous fruit. In the free state, you find uh, maize, very, very big uh, maize production. Mm. In um, your KwaZulu-Natal, you find sugarcane. Ah, yes, sugar, I know it specializes in KZN. That's right. Mm. And then uh, in areas such as the north, um, uh, um, Mpumalanga, you find your subtropical fruits. And then very importantly, your Karua region, uh, where you've got very, very big areas, which is very, very dry, you find sheep farming on a very, very big scale. <laughs> um, so, you know, South Africa is, is a very, very exciting country, uh, holds a lot of potential. Uh, we just need new people to enter this, 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 this market. Um, you know, asking, you know, uh, a person that hasn't got the skill to come into the farming sector, you set him up for failure. You're setting up poverty traps. Uh, we need young, vibrant people who are sure of themselves who speak well, who act well, who are not lazy, who are disciplined, and who are prepared to withstand the sun for 24 hours a day. We need that people in farming. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Chris, it's, it, it, I mean, you, you've spoken of, of, of the different uh, types of farming. I mean, coming from the Western Cape, I mean, coming from the Free State. Um, but more than anything, I've not heard you speak um, of livestock. I mean, because it is, it, it does form part of agriculture and farming. Uh, which province is that uh, mainly yeah. uh, most dominant? Livestock, uh, to a certain extent, in the Free State, uh, but also in Northwest uh, and in Limpopo, uh, very very big livestock, uh, uh, you know, farming, and then sheep farming, especially in the uh, Eastern Cape region. Mm-hmm. Uh, there we have three thousand uh, emerging or small scale farmers, mostly black farmers, mm. who are very very active in wool production. And uh, we have just now discovered that wool prices, um, uh, the the price of wool is rising. Uh, So our farmers, wool farmers, are really making a, uh, um, you know, uh, they are making a very good earning. Uh, But now we face another big threat, and that's a massive drought. Uh, So if there's a drought, immediately you have to cut down on your uh, stock. uh, Or if you don't do that, you're under risk of, or most of your sheep or your cattle mm. just dying, and yeah. then you lose everything. Yeah, so um, uh, it's something that you need to manage. I mean, Chris, uh, you, the point that you're making is very interesting in terms of this drought. It's one of the things that I spoke about when I was opening up on the show. Um, I mean, right now you just spoke as to how it's affecting the agriculture and farming sector. I mean, there's people. I mean, I know one of the things that that um, it was said in the news, and with a couple of newsletters that have been released, that people shouldn't be sprinkling. Um, but I was driving in four ways. I mean, um, people were actually sprinkling, um, you know, their, 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 their gardens and be doing all these things. How bad is this um, drought affecting us as a country? You know, this drought is very bad. Uh, and it's not just restricted to South Africa. It's affecting Namibia tremendously. It's affecting uh, Botswana especially. There are some parts in Botswana who hasn't received any rain for the past five years. Uh, it's uh, especially worse in KZN. You've heard the minister already um, announcing that some of our provinces, like KZN, mm-hmm. has been, uh, you know, uh, declared as a 
as an emergency uh, region. But the other dilemma that we also face is that areas like Angola, your entire southern region, is um, affected by what we call El Nino. In other words, this, uh, this is a weather phenomenon that can last easily up to seven years. Where you've got very, very little rainfall, mm-hmm. and then it's followed by a period of, of very, very heavy rainfall. And um, the, the challenge that we have is, is that because we're such a drought-prone country and we have so little water, we face, we face quite a severe challenge. The other dilemma is, is that you find uh, that uh, countries like Ethiopia um, is faced with a terrible, terrible drought, and they're already relying now on, and even Zimbabwe, they are also relying now on foreign donations. Um, we, we also have another big, big uh, threat that our white maize <clears throat> stockpile will only last uh, until next year, February. Uh, so the big question is, we will have to import maize on a very, very big scale. But remember, it's going to be very expensive due to the fact that we sit with a rent that uh, exchange rate that is not in our favor at this point in time. Uh, so everything that we import from overseas will be much more expensive. So I just hope and pray that we will have rains and that government, together with our sector, will take hands to deal with this issue. Otherwise, it will be ordinary people out there who will suffer tremendously due to, to drought and due to perhaps, to a certain extent, our own fault. We didn't plan properly, you know, making sure that we, um, you know, take care of our water resources and manage our water resources so that we have water uh, during a period like this. I mean, Chris, I'm actually frightened listening to you to say there's parts like in Botswana that have not received rain um, in the past fi- in the past five years, and mm. and 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 I mean, what you're saying, Hori, I mean, we we're gonna be fa- we're gonna be facing a season um, where we're gonna be having less rain um, and 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 more drought. The next thing, it's gonna be rains that will be coming. It actually makes because obviously observing, you actually realize that for the past three years. Um, in South Africa, especially during this season and time, mm. Um, mm. It, it, we've actually been having a dangerous rain, rain that really affects business, because um, mm. bridges have fell, um, and and some businesses actually got affected and closed down, because um, because of this rain. So, but now, I mean, obviously, um, this 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 thing, I know that for people that are not um into that are not into the farming industry or the agricultural industry um rain doesn't really affect us much and and obviously somewhere somehow i mean you find other people they're saying you know what good riddance when there's less rain because people that are hawkers selling on the streets they are not affected people because they need to close down people that are running um informal businesses they're not affected so obviously now you start seeing that there's no balance in terms of um, wanting and not wanting um, this rain, but now it's gonna start becoming bad. If now it's gonna start um, affecting, um, I mean, our food and 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 I mean, like obviously, like you've mentioned, that KZN is currently um, one of the highest risk. Um, I mean, um, as far as, as as rain is concerned, I was actually reading a report. I mean, yesterday. Um, that speaks that over the fa- uh, the last few decades, the global trend um, in developed nation has good um, uh, towards bigger, more consolidated farm operations, of which mm. most large-scale commodity farms are family operations. And there's also been a steady increase in smaller backyard farming and community-support agricultural farms. I mean, uh, obviously, they, what they're trying to do, they're trying to encourage this trend um, with a host of government-sponsored small uh, farming initiatives that have sprang up around the globe. I mean, from the likes of Japan, the likes of India, the likes mm. of the UK, and obviously we've joined in in South Africa. Hence, um, there's a couple of people as well that we've managed to send in um, to Thailand for them to actually study farming and stuff. So mm. as Agri SA, um, what is it that you guys are doing as far as now as empowering um, young people, what is it that you guys are doing? Not only empowering young people, but um, entrepreneurs as a whole to actually get um, into the space of farming so that we're able to save the country. We've uh, recently announced uh, an eight-point socio-economic strategy for agriculture in South Africa. Um, there are four business areas within this uh, strategy. One 
is business development. Uh, the business development area consists of two focus areas. Uh, one, uh, small-scale farmers, the development of small-scale farmers, and also assisting your commercial farmers. And very importantly, to leverage your commercial farmers to uh, create more uh, surpluses so that uh, through those surpluses you create uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, when I grew up uh, in the rural areas, we have had a lot of walkers, you know, in our township. Uh, these walkers, uh, on a daily basis, uh, drove to the farms where they bought, uh, you know, anything from a peach to a cabbage, and they drove back and to sell this. And that first generation of walkers, mm -hmm. you know, enabled their families to study and to continue with their training. Uh, so that's a very, very important thing, and we shouldn't let that slip through our fingers. If you go to uh, areas such as uh, Bombella or uh, Wit River, uh, close to the Kruger National Park, you find hundreds of people sitting next to the road and selling from Evers to Macadamia, Nuts, etc. And that's only possible if you've got big commercial farmers that, that produce that type of thing. Mm. In the absence of small-scale farmers, remember a small-scale farmer won't sell these products to uh, uh, any other person because he will try to sell that himself. Uh, but where there's a massive surplus, you find it. If you go to the Western Cape, you will find hawkers all over the show. I know of a farmer who's, for example, who's, who's uh, in, in beef farming, mm -hmm. uh, cattle farming, mm -hmm. and what he did for was, for example, he um, uh, you know, bought a lot of containers and he converted those shipping containers into little butcheries. Oh, nice. So on his on his farm, he's got an abattoir. Mm -hmm. and there he sorted his cattle. The uh, black entrepreneurs, the black butchers, come to his farm. They buy whatever they need, and they go sell that meat within those containers. Mm. Um, and those containers are close to a taxi rank, close to a station, close to where there's enough feed, and that's how they trade, they make money. So that is something very, very important. We often, you know, ask how many jobs uh, farmers create. And I say, let's turn that around. Let's ask how many businesses your farmers <laughs> create. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and that is that is what... So that is something that we encourage. Mm -hmm. And very importantly, uh, we have now launched what we call a Youth in Agriculture product project okay. that we will run together with a number of people. Uh, I'm talking to big funders so that we, through our commodities and through our uh, provinces and through our commercial farmer unions, um, you know, start to make contact with young people. And I want young people to start knocking on those doors and say, yes, here I am, you know. Um, and black young people shouldn't be scared when they see a number of white farmers sitting around the table. You know, white farmers look very scary because they're big and they're burly. Yeah, know? they are big. They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of it, they are rough. But that's what the farmer is, you know. <laughs> the two of us must forget about small farming because we are too, you know, sophisticated. You cannot go into farming with soft hands. So you are rough and tumble. But yeah. that's, where you, that's where you meet the real people. Mm. And you know what? If you can face up to them, then you're ready. Yeah. And there's a number, you know, a whole lot of other things that we are now introducing to start changing the landscape. Mm. I mean, you, you you said something very interesting to say. People are asking about the um, the amount of jobs that farming creates. It's more like amount the amount of businesses um, that it yeah. creates. If I can ask, what is the agricultural's contribution uh, to the GDP? I mean, we want to understand how big and how important the sector is in this economic development of our country. Look, uh, uh, farming all over the world. The contribution of farming is very small. It's about you know, I'm speaking under correction, but it's about uh, 6 to 7% of the total GDP. Uh, in South Africa, where we've got a very big uh, commodity, like a mining sector, the mining uh, that goes hand-in-hand -hand with your financing sector and your services sector, those sectors are very, very big. Yeah. And they contribute, um, uh, you know, um, uh, quite a lot to the, to the GDP, overall mm. GDP. Yeah. But... Farming, um, on the other hand, creates quite a lot of jobs in the sector. Uh, there's approximately uh, 800,000 people in South Africa. You know, you can roughly say a million people because there are 
uh, people that are working per- permanently on farms, but there's a lot of what they call seasonal workers as well. So you look at approximately a million people that are dependent on on agriculture, uh, and that's primary agriculture. Now, uh, within the entire value chain, right, right from the farmer, uh, the agro-processor, also your bigger markets where food uh, or, or produce gets sold, uh, lots of other people are also employed. So the entire sector uh, employs approximately three to four million people. Yeah. You know, whether it's ordinary farm worker or administrator or whatever. No, no, no. Um, it's 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 definitely true what you're saying. Uh, more than anything, um, Kirst, um, please um, stay on the line. Um, I just want to go for an ad break and then afterwards, I mean, coming back, I'm going to be having a uh, man, Jairus Jara, uh, Jaja. Um, that's as well creating opportunities in this space. Um, I mean, it's something that, that, I mean, and especially as, as a black business that is doing amazing things in this space. I think it's something that will be, um, inspirational to, to someone. Let's do this. At iStore, we love Apple stuff, but we're only human. Sometimes we drop our iPhones on the road face down. And it makes us sad. That's why we came up with iCare Plus, a nifty little product exclusive to iStore. For when stupid things happen to good people with awesome phones, it'll have your beloved iPhone covered for water, screen, and physical damage. So come to iStore. Why would you go anywhere else? Visit myistore.co.za for more info. T's and C's apply. Yeah, no, um, then we're having Jairus Jaja uh, on the line. Jairus, are you there? Hello. Hey, how, how are you, Jaros? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? No, good, thanks. Um, Jaros, thank you for joining us on the join. Thank you for joining us on the line in your busy schedule. Um, do you wanna perhaps um say hi to our listeners and tell us who you are? Okay, thank you. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, I'm Jaros Jaja from Open Basket in Bella Bella Limpopo. So, um, Jairus, um, what is Open Basket and what is it that you do in the f- agriculture and the farming space? Okay. Um, Open Basket is a supply chain management company, uh, which is basically involved in the marketing and distribution of agricultural products. We basically link the farmers and the farming community with the market. Mm. Um, dude, I mean, I was actually speaking to, to Crystal from AgriSA. Um, he was speaking about some of the challenges that we're facing as a country, especially as far as farming is concerned, and that uh, we don't have a lot of businesses that are coming into the space. Uh, would you say, was it hard for you to get into the space of agriculture? Yeah, uh, tell you what, uh, we had to start from uh, getting the, 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 the product from the market, and then we saw that uh, our margins were actually very slim, so we had to do a backward expansion and then get involved with the farmers at the primary level. It has been very difficult because there's a lot of uh, traveling that you need to do, a lot of uh, networking that you need to do with the farmers, and uh, a lot of work to get them to really trust you and get confidence in you, uh, especially in the promises that we give them that will be able to market their products. Mm. So now you, you, you said you, need, you needed to get uh, onto the ground with farmers. Why, why, what did that involve? Well, uh, we uh, currently, I mean, at first we had to start by actually just going and buying the product uh, that is uh, the vegetables and fruits. And uh, right now I'm coming up with a scheme where we want to do a, a possibly an, an outdoor scheme where we supply them with agricultural inputs and we want them to grow stuff that will be able to take to the market. Wow. So we identify those uh, uh uh, product. I mean, the farm produce that has been mo- moving very fast on our lines, mm-hmm. and then we're trying to finance those ones. Well, so, would you say you you're working with a lot of farmers? Mm, yeah, uh, we're still growing our our database, and uh, you know we have to take uh, one step at a time. We 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 we're not really uh, heavy on the capital side of things. So, what we do is we work with a a, a couple of farmers that we can actually we are able to finance. So now, Jairus, tell me, um, in regards to, 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 to now, I mean, the farmers that, that you're dealing with and in the midst of you growing the database, um, is it a majority, um, the type of farmers you work with, is it a majority of old people um, or is it young people and, and, and is it white dominant farmers or is it black dominant farmers? 
We are concentrating, yes, we have some white uh, dominant farmers that give us the products, like mainly the articles, I'm talking about the potatoes. Mm-hmm. But on the uh, fresh produce, like the vegetables, the peanuts, you talk about the cabbages and stuff like that, we're working with small farmers who are into horticulture programs. And uh, most of them are black uh, farmers with uh, small plots. Mm. So do we have a lot of them, though, in the in the space? Yeah, we've got a couple. I think uh, right now we're working with almost 15 farmers here in the Limpopo province, and uh, we hope to keep growing it as uh, as we expand the business as well. Mm-mm-mm. And and uh, do you have a lot of young people in the space of uh, farming? Yes, uh, most of them uh, we like uh, because, of, like I said, we we we're creating market linkages. Mm-hmm. We also supporting like the informal traders, the vendors that you're talking about. So mostly it's uh, concentrated with uh, young, young, the youth and uh, women. Is it? Uh, oh, oh, there's actually women in the in this in the space too. I beg your pardon. Yeah, I, is is there women as well in in the space? Are they are they uh, yeah. what, what are they? Are they more like informal hawkers or are they actually farmers? Uh, most of them, uh, there are a lot of uh, what about three ladies that are getting into real farming, young mm-hmm. ladies. They are in their 20, uh, 20 to 30. Mm-hmm. They are getting into farming, and uh, I think they're getting funding from, uh, is it BD, BTI or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, 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 definitely. So now, before I actually um, let you go, Jaja, um, what, what, what advice would you give to, to, to other young people out there um, that, that are afraid of getting into the space? I mean, we're speaking to a young person earlier that says um, in South Africa we've got a branding issue, especially around farming, um, that um, we are afraid of getting into the space because of being dirty, because of you know the hard work that comes with it. What would you, what advice would you give somebody else that wants to come into the space of farming? First and foremost, I believe that people have got to be eager to work. Mm-hmm. I see a tendency of people that want to get rich quick, and the schemes that are using they are not actually productive. They need to go all out. They need to be organized. They need to know what they want. And there is a lot of opportunity because the land is there mm-hmm. and uh, the market is there as well. Mm. You find that a lot of people are consumers. But if we get more on the production side of it, I think it will be good for the country and good for themselves as well because they'll be able to actually maximize on the, on the income that they generate from the uh, project. Mm-mm-mm. So um, I mean um, I've got one of the messages uh, from one of the people listening on social media. Um, they want to know how can they get involved in what you're doing. Um, can you perhaps share your contact details before we let you go? Sure. Our website is www.avatigoni.com, and uh, our telephone number is zero six one three six nine eight nine three five. That's the direct telephone number to me. Yep. Uh, we've got our info, uh, like our email address, mm-hmm. which is info at com. Oh, okay. Can you give us the number one last time? Yes, my number is 0613-698-935. No, definitely. No, thanks a lot, Judge. All right. Thank you very much, Eric. No, definitely. Um, that was Jairos Jaja. Um, all the way from Bella Bella. Um, he's as well into the space of farming, but he's more like um, a linkage person that, that links hawkers and farmers. Um, you know, it's actually interesting that, um, the industry is so big that there's so many people that are doing amazing things, um, onto, 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 um, the farming space. We, we're still talking with, um, Christos on the line before we actually, um, connected with, um, with Jairus. Um, Christos, are you still there? Yes. Oh, okay. No, definitely. Um, Christos, that was Jaja that 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 we had. He's actually, I know, doing amazing things in 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 the Lebobo region, Bella Bella, um, as far as far as farming is concerned. Um, I mean, but now one thing that that um we've realized or that I've realized is that we live in a quite an advanced digital age where we are able to um anticipate a lot of other things. Uh, my question is, did we not anticipate? I mean. Um, this drought uh, that put uh, plans uh, to counter effects of it um, as a country? Yes, no, no. I, uh, you know, 
scientists have, have been warning us that we are entering um, a most probably a El Nino phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dilemma is, is that um, as a farmer, you need to be optimistic about the future. Uh, and remember, you cannot, uh, you know, uh, last year you've had a good season and now you anticipate a very bad season. Uh, and now you suddenly decide, but now I climb out of the system. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. You, as many farmers have planted, and, uh, uh, and they're expecting rain to fall. Unfortunately, if that rain is not going to fall, uh, then they're going to face a serious hardship, especially financial hardship. But remember, that's the nature of farming. And we must also inculcate that viewpoint within younger people who are standing outside of the sector. I am so proud about uh, the gentleman who spoke just now about what they are doing, how they bring small-scale farmers, how they bring in young people into the sector, and how they're opening up markets. That's the type of thing that we need. No, definitely. And we need need black leadership. Mm. You know, too many of our own black people are dependent on government for handouts. Here you find somebody who says, no, 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 I'm, I'm taking the lead. I'm driving the development process myself on behalf of our people, our communities. Yes. And that is very, very significant. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we must remember farming is a very, very risky business. Mm-mm-mm. And it's a very expensive business as well because uh, it's not like opening up a Kentucky. When you open up a Kentucky... <laughs> Uh, there's the building. You lease the, uh, the you lease the the, the shop. Yeah. You know, or you lease a part of the building, and mm. then you run with it, and you start selling your product immediately. In mm. farming, you first have to buy the land. Mm-mm-mm. Now the land costs you about ten million bucks, or, or perhaps less. Yeah, it's true. Now you have to go and buy your um, your seat and your tractors and all of that. Uh, that costs you additional uh, money. Mm. And then you have to do the planting and you have to employ labor to assist you. And you know what happens? Now you have to wait for the next couple of months in the hope that this that you have put under the ground will raise its head and start growing. Uh, And if you go into, for example, any type of product, it takes a little calf, most probably 12 months to grow into a fully fledged uh, or or, um, or, uh, or whatever. Uh, it takes a little banana tree to grow uh, approximately two to three years before it starts producing fruit. Mm. So what am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that farming is a long, long term. We must forget this romantic notion that <laughs> I've got a piece of land now I can sit on the stoop, yeah. you know, the pipe in my hand, and own land. Yeah. And that's the other dilemma. We Cri- own land. Christos, you, you, Christo, you, you, you're scaring people now. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's a romantic notion that I've got a piece of land, I can sit back and just watch the things grow. Yes. You know, or I can live in Joburg and I can go and visit my farm once a month or so and tell people that I've got a farm. Mm, mm, mm. If you want to do that, my advice to you is take your money that you have, mm-hmm. put it in a retirement annuity. Mm. And if you want a piece of meat, drive to checkers or shop right <laughs> and go buy a piece of meat. But uh, yeah. the sooner we get rid of this romantic notion about mm-hmm. farming, mm. the better. Yeah. It's a long term. You need to be into farming. You must be into farming for the rest of your life. Mm. You must be committed and you must work very hard to make a success. Okay. So now, Christo, there's people that are listening to you. I mean, I mean, I know for a fact them listening and hearing some of these opportunities that are there. Um, they are interested into getting into farming or maybe um, somehow or after today will start considering the opportunities in the agricultural sector. Is it easy to get into the agriculture sector? And, and uh, what are the barriers of entry to someone um, green or new? I think uh, the biggest barrier of entry is lack of skills. When people ask me uh, or tell me that they're interested in farming, I always say, find a college, agricultural college, mm-hmm. and go do a three-year training course mm-hmm. you know, in agriculture. Or go to the closest university 
and go knock on the Department of Agriculture's doors. Mm-hmm. And um, because there are many bursaries, uh, you can uh, phone any of the commodity sectors, uh, like potato uh, South Africa or grain South Africa, or you can phone the Agricita. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also phone the Department of Agriculture. There are many bursaries. Mm-mm. Go and study farming. So mm. when you when when you when you're done with your three or your four year course, then you knock on somebody's door and you do an internship, uh, so that you learn the practical stuff. Because it's one thing to do the theoretical stuff; is another thing to do practical stuff. Uh, and once you've done the learnership, right now you go work on a farm as a foreman or a manager, a farm manager. Um, and once you have all of that experience, say for example, you're young, you're 18 years or 90 years of old, that's the preferred route. Because you cannot put a farm into the hands of an 18 year or a 19 year old. Right? It's ridiculous. So, so first go and study. Go do, uh, make sure that you develop a career, follow a specific career path in agriculture. And once you have your experience mm-hmm. behind you, Right, and you know what to do. You understand the the practical issues within farming and the operational issues. Now you can go to the land bank, mm-hmm. and then you put a proper business plan, um, you know, on the land bank's table. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can even go to CIFA, the South African Financing Agency. Okay, you can go and get okay. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of money. There's a whole lot of institutions that will assist you, but. That's why I say, forget about this romantic notion. And uh, the gentleman before me talked about the quick reach uh, schemes that people think you can become rich overnight. So follow that career route and power yourself. Um, and I tell you, things will start falling into your lap. Yeah. Why will it start falling into your lap? Because you yourself understand how this entire uh, sector operates mm. and you'll find the opportunities no, definitely. Um, Christo, I want to come back to you, Mara. Before then, maybe let me speak to a woman um, that's actually into the construction, uh, that's into the agricultural industry. Um, I was pulling from the African Farmers um, Association uh, or Af- African Farmers Union um, of South Africa. Um, I was pulling, uh, you know, it's a person that that has actually uh, been into the space of farming for, for quite um, a long time and that is still continuing to bring in other young women, um, um, uh, African women especially, to get into the space of farming. I was pulling, how are you? I'm fine, and you sir? No, good, thanks. Um, thank you for joining us um, on the line. Do you want to say hi to our listeners and tell us who you are? Uh, I'm Margaret Pulling to I'm based in Gauteng. I'm a chairperson of NAVU SA in Gauteng, also national and the treasurer. Yeah, I was pulling. People, uh, people don't know what is NAFU. Um and and some of the people don't know that NAFU even exists. Did you want to tell us quickly about it? Yeah, I can. You know what happened is that um, our former president. Uh, Joe Gondo, he, he passed away, and he was the one who was organizing all the provinces. So now since he passed away, we are struggling to get into other provinces because uh, the municipality in the provinces, they don't uh, uh, support the, the farmers in those areas. Mm. So so, so, so now um, a farm as an organization, what are you guys specializing? Are you guys specializing in empowering women into farming? Um, or is it just for people that are into the farming space? We are empowering uh, youth in farming. Mm-hmm. We are empowering women. Mm-hmm. We have the lady called Bubi Apani. She is the one who is leading the women's the wing. Mm-hmm. And here in... Um, Youth, uh, we have uh, a guy, is a youth, mm-hmm. uh, is um, Muningi, okay. leading the youth structure. Mm-hmm. And we are planning to launch the youth structure sometime first week of December. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And also, we are, right now, we are busy 
with BLS to 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 come on board to help our farmers because most of the black people are emerging, so we want them to upgrade their standards. Oh, exactly. So, so now for 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 people that um are interested into attending um the launch um or, um or young people that want to get into the space, um how can they go about getting involved with you guys? They can contact Ntombi uh, Machene. Mm-hmm. Can I give the contact number? Yes, Ntombi please. Machene? Yeah. Uh, it's zero zero seven three. Mm-hmm. Five two four. Mm-hmm. Six five zero four. Yes. Um. Can you call the number again? Zero seven three. Yeah. Five two four. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Um, thanks a lot, Auspul. And keep us posted as to how the launch went and if ever you guys managed to uh, have young people um, that are getting involved into um, the agricultural space. Okay. No, definitely. Um, that was Auspul, uh, um, the provincial chairperson um, of NAFU. Um, that that um, we had on the line, who was even saying that on the first week of um, December, they're actually launching um, the youth wing of the organization because they're trying to get as much young people um, as possible um, onto um, their farming business. Because uh, since there's this um, not so much um, of young people that are getting into the space, I mean, Chris, um, that I had on the line, um, that is still um, joining us on the line, has mentioned earlier that mainly people that are into the farming space, it's 65 um, and older. Um, Chris, maybe let me take this opportunity for, for, for joining us um, on the show. It was quite insightful. Um, I'm quite confident that after today we'll be having a lot of people um, that want to get into the space of farming. Um, maybe do you want to perhaps um, give us... Um, your contact details or the e- website address where people can get more information about AgriSA that want to get involved in the space? Before I do that, um, there's a number of technological advancements that we need to also explore. That's mm-hmm. very important. Mm-hmm. I came recently from Taiwan, and it's just amazing what the, the Eastern people are doing. Mm. They focus a lot of innovation. And uh, I sometimes cry out loud when I see our young people, you know, doing all kinds of other things besides uh, coming up with innovative ideas. Chris, I'm, 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 actually, I'm, okay. Chris, I'm actually angry yes. at you because okay. now <laughs> I've got 30 seconds to close the show and you also are <laughs> you coming up with this information uh, only now, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe perhaps okay. um, let's, let, let's, let, let's give uh, how okay. people can so get my, involved. My number, yeah. my number is 012-643-643. Okay. Three four double zero. Uh, zero one two and, six four three. Yeah, three four double zero. Okay. And they can also contact me at Crystal C H R I S T O at Agri S A A G R I S A dot dot No, dot No, definitely. Uh, Chris, thanks a lot for your time and for for for, for joining us. Um, I'll definitely be in contact with you, and and we yeah. see that that uh, we're gonna definitely um explore this okay. further and we take it from yeah. there. More than welcome. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Um, that was Crystal that we had on the line. Um, this is the industry that we're talking today, farming. And this is all that we had today for you on the show. Catch us again next time, same time, same place. I'm out. 360 Biz on cliffcentral.com.